Hi, I'm Tash McGill, the Transformationist. Welcome back to Season 3. This is where people come for stories of meaningful change. Now, sometimes those stories are about overcoming personal obstacles. Sometimes they're about corporate or social failure. But they are almost always, without fail, stories about making change for good in our communities, our world, and in ourselves. So use this podcast to get curious, asking good questions, to refine insight and to really understand the people and the contexts around you and the actions you can take to be an agent of change or a change artist. Find inspiration and meaning in the humans that we talk to on the show, because at the heart of it all, transformation is about human experience. Time to get on with it. It's so nice to be back with you and I hope that wherever you are in the world, uh, the day is bringing you something that is rich and meaningful and has sparked your curiosity. I wanted to talk to you a little bit about what we're going to be doing in this first episode, but also in the rest of the season. So get on board. Let's go for the ride. Um, The first thing that I want to do is reorient you to the work of the transformationist and the work that I do, what brought me here. And then I want to talk to you about the importance of storytelling in design transformation. I want to set the scene for the stories that we're going to encounter this season so that you've got a great framework. Uh, I want that to be inspiring you to think about how uh, you can be designing transformation and change in your own world. So that's it. Let's get on with it. You know, throughout history, human beings have been fascinated by transformation uh, when it happens naturally, uh, but also in learning how to try and harness it, to create it. Um, We seek growth and progress for our communities, for ourselves, oftentimes, particularly, I think, in uh, a down under colonial kind of uh, context, we've sought transformation as a way of really trying to mirror or see progress happen. You know, we, we look for bigger salaries, better paying jobs, nicer cars, nicer homes, Um, But we also look for growth and transformation and progress in our communities, our workplaces, our relationships and in ourselves. You know, the Kiwi mindset is not as driven towards personal growth and development as, say, perhaps some more individualized cultures like the United States. Um, But we do work on it. We do care about it. And I've been on a bit of a lifelong journey, really, um, to help people change the way they think, because when you help people change the way they think, then you can create momentum and transformation. Um, The way we think actually has a huge amount to do with the way that we transform. So over the last few years, I've taken my career in user-centered design and design thinking and strategy alongside my experience as an outcome-based coach uh, to work with people and people at the center of organizations to create this kind of sustainable life-giving transformation, sustainable life-giving practices in business, in relationships, at home, and for individuals. And all of that work is done using this methodology that I've uh, crafted over years, which is about alignment to values and really helping uh, organizations, uh, businesses, not-for-profits, and the leaders and people working in those businesses to really understand what their true values are and how aligning those values can help them reach that kind of, um, you know, sustainable happiness and sustainable rhythm uh, in business and in life. That's a little bit about who I am and what I do in case you're wondering why I have this fascination with stories. So here's the thing. Um, Let me tell you a story. How long does it take to grow, right? The answer is forever, 
if you choose it. (laughs) My theory is that for many of us, the way of thinking that brings us to midlife is not always the way of thinking that can take us where we want to go. Uh, Live long enough and you will learn that there are many different ways to grow, many different ways to transform. Consider the trees, right? Some might grow tall, straight, true towards the sun, unstoppable and with unchanging trajectory. Some grow still straight but with no idea which way their roots grow beneath the soil. Some grow wild and unruly and some will be entirely shaped by the elements that they face. Windswept by westerlies on the coast or, you know, the canopy will echo the curve of the ridgetop. Some will drag life out of a stony rock face to the point where you can't tell how the tree is hanging on to the cliff, um, but it will make a rambling little home there for itself. Here's the thing. If you have the desire and the commitment, you can choose the way that you grow. You can learn how to learn and how to unlearn and therefore how to transform yourself. It's a really strange paradox that once often we have become the thing that the world demanded of us or that we demanded of ourselves, uh, we can actually then begin the transformation forward to our truest selves. Oftentimes we have to get to the end of what it was we thought we needed to do in order to begin the real growth and transformation to our truest selves. So that question, how long does it take to grow? the answer is no time at all if you know what you are measuring okay so I count seasons and spring times I count moon cycles and sleepless nights I know the time that it can take to let resilience do its work uh, on the way back from disappointment I often measure the slow creep of desire and how it can unravel the truth from us when we really want something how our behavior can change uh, and how willing we are uh, to go the distance How long does it take to grow? The answer is also as long as it takes to tell the truth about yourself to yourself, about your business to your business, uh, and to tell the truth for yourself in the places where it really matters to align your external world with what is driving you internally. You know, a gardener can take a bonsai tree and determine the final form that it will take working with its organic growth and guiding it with that artist's kind of an eye. A designer will take elements of shape and weight, color and purpose and bring them together, sometimes otherwise unrelated, but bring those visual ideas together into a single, sometimes, you know, multiplying form to create something that we know as design or art. And we transform by design. We actually can be very intentional about it. There are three types of transformation that happen in the bigger picture, right? There's the transformation that happens because something happens to us and we have no choice but to respond. There is the transformation that happens around us and we therefore get swept up in a cultural shift or a cultural behavior change. And then there is the transformation that happens because we choose it, because we see something that we want to be different. We see something that we want to be other. Uh, And so transformation by design is taking these lessons and very intentionally applying them. We're going to talk a lot about insight and action in this coming season, as you will have heard me talk in the past. It's sometimes through learning how the world around us works and sometimes choosing who and how we want to be in the world that opens up transformation uh, in different directions that we've perhaps considered before. Transformation is growth in a direction that is chosen by design when it's in its best form. That direction is shaped by insight and then it's committed to an action. Uh, And it can start with something as simple as choosing to begin to pay attention to the stories of change and growth that are around us. 
And so that is why storytelling is so important. That's why a podcast of stories about change, about individual experience, about corporate experience, about making social change are so important. And and here's the reason why. Storytelling was the original design practice, right? It was through our oral histories, our fables and our proverbs that we told stories that met human needs for learning, for remembering and then for envisaging and creating new futures out of what had been in the past, right? That essence of what might be and how might we, um, that drives all good innovation and design thinking from the very beginning, comes from this imagination and the storytelling practice that's based in, well, what has been, therefore what might be. You know, as a strategist, when I go to work with a client, whether it's a business or an individual, um, we start with the problem, right? (laughs) We identify the problems, the opportunities and the desirable outcomes. Now, The best way of wrapping that up always is with a really good story, a way that people can center themselves in the character, they can understand why the desirable outcomes are important, why they matter so much. Um, In storytelling, we understand really easily that those desirable outcomes are actually an expression of the hero's journey, which is a uh, sort of a 12-step archetype model, um, best probably expressed by Joseph Campbell, uh, that talks about the way that heroes and stories um, progress through these different stages. And it's a way that we as human beings recognize story. We recognize certain elements of the human experience expressed in those stages, Um, Typically, uh, it's a model for both um, both how stories come together, but also how the character within that story transforms or develops. Um, as they traverse their journey, they undergo both inner and outer transformation at each stage. Now, whether our hero is uh, an organization or an individual, um, we can all relate to um, how being able to identify those desired outcomes in our life as they connect to our values is really, really vital when we move into any stage of trying to design change or transformation for our life. We are at that point on a hero's journey towards transformation and understanding how our stories actually influence that trajectory, but also how the choices we make influence the story that we're telling is really important. And there are lots of elements in the hero's journey um, that we can dive into. Um, You know, the, the idea that that there is life as it is, right? The ordinary world. And yet there's maybe a sense that there's something more out there. There's something greater out there. And uh, Campbell called that the call of adventure. Um, And then he pointed out something that I think we as human beings know, which is that we're often resistant to the thing that will bring us the most growth or the most, uh, the thing that will bring us closest to what it is that we desire. We often refuse the first time round, And he called that the refusal of the call. Um, He then made a really important point, which is that actually uh, mentors and guides are really important in the process of transformation. So um, he said in the hero's journey, there's almost always a meeting with some external force, some external presence uh, that helps either encourage or guide or inspire them on the pathway. But then as the hero takes on that call of adventure, 
as they take on uh, that journey, as they take the first steps, immediately what we see starts to happen is that people face barriers and they face obstacles on the way to what it is that they really want. And those obstacles, of course, when we look back at a helicopter view, they have a purpose. The obstacles and the barriers, the challenges that we have to overcome in the process of transformation are there to do exactly that. It's by those obstacles that we actually transform. It's by solving the challenging problems that we face, by redesigning our processes, by engaging in new habits, that we actually start to see that internal and external transformation at work uh, until ultimately we get to the point of being able to uh, seize the <laughs> seize the reward. We find the treasure. Whatever it was that we desired, we, we accomplish it. And then we have that return journey back where the world is still the ordinary world, but yet a little bit different because both we've been changed and the world's been changed because of what we've learned along the way. So that's effectively the hero's journey um, of a cycle. When we understand that hero's journey and we understand those stages of our own transformation process, we can both see ourselves in a story of change, but we can also see how we can design our own way through a story of change. You know, the last few years have convinced me more than ever that the best use of my time and energy is in trying to make good change happen in the communities that I care about, to make good change, make good tools for change, to help bring more people on the journey of change and transformation. Um, but it's not just change for change's sake that matters. There's a very specific type of change that can help us as community, as society, as the world and as individuals uh, be, be more effective, um, be more human, uh, be more generous, <laughs> all, of, all of those things. Um, so I want to talk to you about the magic of alignment, okay? Long-lasting, sustainable transformation. Whether you are an individual, whether or not you are running an organization or a business, long-lasting, sustainable transformation happens when you are in tune with your values and living in such a way that they are expressed in healthy ways, that's the magic of alignment that allows you as a business or an individual to pivot, to adventure, to experiment and to continue moving forward, staying in constant alignment with your values. When you are not in alignment with your values, whether that's as a business or an individual, you will be in tension, right, between your internal and exterior worlds. And let me tell you this. Your interior and external worlds are destined to align or collide, and the consequence is triumph or disaster. If who you are on the inside is aligned with your exterior world, then you are on a path to authentic, integrated living. But the longer you live with that cognitive dissonance between who you are on the inside and who you are on the outside, the bigger the collision can be. Imagine your interior world, your truest self, as a shuttle using orbit to dock at the International Space Station. Line it up well and you will dock seamlessly. You will be free to move effortlessly between the two worlds and even invite others onto your shuttle. Your exterior world becomes an extension of your interior world. You can't stop the orbit that pulls your interior life into contact with your exterior world. It's like an invisible string, right, that's pulling gently until the tension forms so tightly that there is no escape from it. And whether you're ready or not, if there is misalignment at the moment that they meet, that they meet, there will be collision. Unfortunately, just like when something crashes into the International Space Station, it's never just us that pays the cost. 
Um, the cost is always magnified and amplified um, beyond just us. So I think it's really important to talk about alignment and to talk about the way we tell stories about who we are and the way that we tell stories about our values and what our lives look like when our values are being expressed in really healthy ways. I want to give you an example. I've uh, worked with a client who um, is so client-centered in everything that they do. This core, beautiful value of being client-centered and wanting to deliver the best for their clients has actually been spinning them around in circles for a few years now because they're so focused on delivering for the client that actually the core of their business has hit a wobble they're not able to easily streamline or become effective and efficient in their internal operating because they're trying to deliver so uniquely for every client that it comes at great cost to their own internal process. And the slower the core machine that drives their business has got, the more complex and nuanced the delivery of every single client project has become, the harder it's been for them to find that seamless integration as a business. They love each other. Their company culture is thriving, but it's thriving in the same way that lots of healthy families thrive. A constant competition for needs and demands to be met whilst everybody's trying to effectively deliver the same outcome, but just in different ways. And with no core language around, hey, because we value clients, we take the time to work in the way that's most efficient for our business so we can deliver to our client needs. Some of those things have fallen by the wayside. A good story can help people see their way forward. So I use the story of a machine. I asked uh, some of the core teams involved in the business to each draw their part of the process uh, and to put it all together, all of the individual team members, until we had a great sketch and illustration of what the working machine of the business looked like. It might sound like, hey, that's just fun and games and a few crayons, but it took them a, a solid 45 minutes and the machine at the end did a really good job of illustrating the problem because the machine they had drawn was one of a thousand inputs, lots and lots and lots of inputs, cloudy, cloudy, messy pathways to try and understand and process data, and then lots and lots and lots of outputs at the other end, all firing off to different clients, inconsistent, hard to manage, a little bit chaotic. For the first time, the business was able to see a story that clearly illustrated for them uh, that their client-centered business was in fact so client-centered it had lost its own center and focus. Now that's just one example of how utilizing storytelling can help us unlock the key desirable outcomes for change. Nobody in the business wanted to lose that client-centered focus that they had. That was a really important value. But what they needed to figure out and what they needed to understand was actually the different strategy they could use to achieve that same outcome, to deliver that same quality of service, but in a way that wasn't destroying the inside of the business at the same time. Still the same value, just a different approach to how it was being expressed. And now that client is on the way to um, delivering and operating in a much healthier culture for the whole business, where the value is still true, but it's just being expressed in a healthier way. That's the power of understanding your values and then aligning to them in your behaviors. Um, 
I've got another story that I love to tell of when I worked with an individual coaching client on the process of uh, transformation. And it all started with this practice of alignment, right? Of articulating the values, which is not just, hey, here's a word that I can throw around that sounds like something I should care about, but actually, here's something that I really care about. Here's why I care about it. And here's what happens if I'm expressing this well in my life. When I worked with this client, he was ready to pack in the job that he'd only just taken on six months before. Something felt off in the world, something felt off in life. And as we went through the values alignment exercise, it became clearer and clearer that actually the job was perfectly aligned to his values. What was going on was something that he hadn't even considered. He was working so hard in his new job, he was so excited doing so many things that some of his really important personal practices that helped him express his values around quality time with his family and quality time looking after his physical health had fallen off the radar completely. Those were way down the end of the scale. And so as we worked through the story of what does your day look like? Who are you when you're at your best? What does a healthy, vibrant life look like? we were able to unpack and then refocus the expression of those values of quality time with the people that he loved and quality time and physical health. And as soon as those things were realized, he was able to see that actually his job was not the thing that needed to change. And this brings me back to the story about our interior and our exterior worlds. See, the first place we will look as human beings to make change is outside of ourselves. (laughs) Something feels off, something feels wrong. We will look for a new job. We will decide to ditch a client. We will want to restructure our firms. We'll decide to create a new strategy for the business. We'll do almost anything to avoid looking too closely inside to make change on the interior where that stuff happens. But don't think about alignment as change. Think about alignment as the natural process of you beginning to undertake the hero's journey. When you are aligning to what it is that you really care about, your values become absolutely in sync with your desirable outcomes. And the journey that you go on, the strategy that you write, the story that you design to help you navigate through whatever obstacles might be on your way to achieving those desirable outcomes, it's just momentum. That's what's happening. As soon as you're able to articulate and express as an organization, hey, these are the things that we really care about and therefore this is how we will work. This is how we will go about making change in the world. Hey, as an individual, these are the things that I really deeply care about and so this is how they are best expressed in my life and this is how I can engage with you. The articulation of those things and the alignment of those values is one of the most powerful starting points for any kind of radical transformation, I believe. I love to pose the question about what is it that we truly value in our society? Because oftentimes the things that we talk about valuing are not actually the thing that we put our energy and our effort into expressing well. But when we do, incredible things happen. There are some examples that you're going to hear over this season of the podcast that I'm really excited for you to approach them, not just as a nice story that you heard one time, but story as strategy. Story as strategy for making great social change. Story as strategy for making really good, powerful changes in your business. Story as strategy as a way of seeing yourself in the world and how you can be either (laughs) 
you know, a change maker, an agent of change or a change artist. My invitation to you is to see transformation as a work of art, to see it as a creative expression of how you can be in the world, not just for yourself as an individual, but you in the society and community that you exist in. Some of you are already incredible change artists. You bring beauty and joy into all manner of positive transformation in your worlds. I want to hear your stories too. My goodness, some of you inspire me. So... That's The Transformationist Season 3. We are telling stories as a way of seeing strategy unfold. We are telling stories that are about social good, about making change happen. We are telling stories that are about inspiring and equipping you with ideas and inspiration about how to overcome some of the obstacles that are standing between you and your ultimate alignment to what your values are. Let's get out there and make change happen, make good change happen, make meaningful and beautiful transformation. Thank you for joining me on this episode of The Transformationist Season 1. We will see you real soon. Thanks so much for joining me this first episode of Season 3. It's great to be back. I'm excited in case you can't tell. If you heard something in this episode that was inspirational, challenging, or maybe you want to challenge me on it, please feel free to send me your questions, your feedback. You can either rate and review this podcast and I will respond or email me, tash at thetransformationist.org. You can find me at tashmcgill.com or on the socials. As ever, I love to hear from you. Keep well, kia kaha, be safe.